This is a HeadGum Podcast. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to Buckets. We're about halfway through the season, so let's dole out some wacky, silly, funny awards with Billy Scafuri. You're getting bucket buckets. I'm worried my awards might not be wacky enough. Really? You just went coach of the year, sixth man of the year. <laughs> Most improved. Peek behind the curtain. Uh, we came up with this idea, let's call it 75 minutes ago. <laughs> it's still AM, or it was AM. And so the yeah. creative juices weren't um, flowing yet. <laughs> no. Yeah. We're running on caffeine and not alcohol, as it were. Right. It's uh, still very early in the day. But you know what? It's never too early to talk hoops. That's right. That's right. I've been listening to a lot of Zach Lowe, and they have been giving out the like first half player of the year award and like coach of the year award. And I'm getting a lot of Bernie Bickerstaffs, and I'm like, ooh, yep. I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, there's no bigger Cavs fan in the world than you, so I'm sure you love Bernie. My beloved Cleveland Cavaliers, my first pick in the over-under draft, have already cleared their expected win total for the season, of which I have the over. It was 26, and they beat the Brooklyn Nets, which is poetry. <laughs> the presumed number one seed for their 27th win before the All-Star break. They're not, they're not just hot. They're like a legit great team. And there was a moment where Ricky Rubio tore his ACL and we thought, oops, the secret sauce is gone. They've yeah. persevered. <laughs> where did this come from? I still don't fully understand. Like, isn't this roughly the same team last year that won like 14 games? And My then- answer? Bernie Bickerstaff? <laughs> <laughs> was he there last year? We don't know. Again, Does he coach the early. Memphis Grizzlies? We don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's another great point. No, I know that the Grizzlies coach... Looks like a, a guy I would go to Jewish camp with. He's like a balding, bearded dude named Taylor Jenkins, roughly my age. Sure. Just, yeah, com- does not look like a basketball coach. But it, again, it's doing a great job. Shout out to him. And meanwhile, Frank Vogel, who probably also could have went to your Jewish teenage camp, um, is on the hot seat. He's on the hot seat. He's on a hot, hot seat. They won their best game of the year, and that didn't stop the news outlets from saying, you know what? Vogel was about to be fired. I gotta, I gotta let everybody know now. So the Lakers beat the Jazz, and Vogel might still get fired. I guess those articles had the energy of we started writing this a week ago, and now we kind of have to put it out. Like poor timing, exactly. but we kind of like we're already pot committed, and like we have a deadline. Yeah, everybody was hoping that like Utah would beat the Lakers, and Vogel would like be just about to be fired. But like it was their best win of the year, it seemed, and everything was looking trending up, and then. You know, that's still, it's not good enough. They got, they got articles to write. So by the way, Vogel was about to be fired. If those headlines never came out and this narrative never was spun two days ago that Vogel was on the hot seat, would you have said Vogel is on the hot seat regardless? It seemed like he, like he was, he's been on the hot seat because the Lakers are struggling, but like not in a real way to me. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're struggling because, you know, Anthony Davis isn't playing and Mm -hmm. we traded four defenders for Russell Westbrook. That's Mm -hmm. not Vogel's fault. But then everyone's like, oh, the Lakers are 500. But fire the coach. Like, it, fire the coach. Just but in this circumstance, coach. what is the improved um, replacement? What is the improvement? Nothing. 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 
like just to balance and meet those guys for the first time is yes. its own challenge. Yes. Like to like understand how they work in a locker room and on no. the court is its own a bad idea. Right. It's a bad idea. Is there any but, sort of front runner that would be the logical like end of season replacement? I guess the assistant coach Fizdale. Mm. He was he okay. did great for my Knicks. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, he has one good in- pull quote. <laughs> That's what he has for data. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like you fire the head coach and then it's still the entire same team. Just Vogel's not there. Right. All right. Congrats. You did it. They're not like, let's bring in fucking Kurt Rambis and install a new defense slash offense in the last 38 games of the season. Right. So then why would Vogel be the scapegoat in all of this is my question. What has he done particularly wrong? According to me, nothing. I love Frank Vogel. Right. He's on Ra- my Russell Mount Westbrook. Rushmore of Laker coaches. They're... I have nothing but respect. Yes, they traded half the team for Russell Westbrook, and, and he their has defense a... got worse. He course. has a highlight reel currently circulating on Instagram of his bank shots that don't hit the rim. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most just deflating highlight clip to see. When it's when just it like the corner. Yeah, just glass. All glass. But meanwhile, he's not on the hot seat. Vogel's on the hot seat. I guess that's just how professional sports works. Like you, you bring in the superstars, and if they struggle, then yeah, it's the coach's fault. I, I always joke. I'm like, the Lakers need a coach that will make them young and athletic. Right. Okay. So we need a wizard as a coach yes. that will make everybody 25 years old. Again. That's right. Make Russell Westbrook, if, Buddy yeah. Heald, bring back Kuzma. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Make a make a coach that can literally turn back time and undo trades. That literally gutted our entire team. Four of our best defenders gone for Russell Westbrook. So, yeah, I'm sorry Vogel's not doing that well. But I think a 500 start with this ragtag group of misfits is fine by me. I'm, okay. I'm not I'm not asking for Vogel to get fired. Well, as I look through my awards, I'm realizing that maybe we shouldn't go too deep into Lakers talk now. Because there may be more Lakers talk in the awards part of the show. Ooh, okay. All right. Do you want to get us started with our midseason not real awards? Yes. What's your first one? Yes. So um, when we started texting today, Amir, um, and we said, let's make some fake awards, one immediately came to mind. This is called the Devin Booker, I was wrong about you not being a winner award. Interesting. Okay. I feel like last year or two years ago, there was a lot of question. No, two years ago. Like, Devin Booker's good, but will he ever be a winner? I, I right. can go on record as saying that I said that and I was wrong. Yeah. So, someone else that I've said that about, I am now claiming I was wrong. Ooh. So, the first annual, the Devin Booker, I was wrong about you not being a winner award goes to Ja Morant. Yes, thank you. Congratulations. Good good on you for coming out. Like you said, uh, he was a 21-year-old sophomore last year. Mm-hmm. And you said, yeah, I mean, he's good, but is he really that good? A winner. That Those are yeah. the two key words here. <laughs> and that is a... These guys have all been winners their whole life, so it's just absolute horseshit that I would ever say anything to that degree. But that being <laughs> right. said... A winning player. Does he does he actually influence wins and losses, or is he just correct. balling out, but correct. not necessarily helping his team? And it certainly seems like, based on Memphis Grizzlies' record right now, they're like 16 games over 500. Maybe the best, second best pick um, in the over-under draft was Memphis over is yep. John Morant driving them to this like completely unforeseen um, place. Yes. And if you watch a Grizzlies game, it, again, it's not a fluke. They're just like, they're all legit great. Mm-hmm. And they never stop running and they shoot really well and they dunk over people and they mm-hmm. defend really well. They're just a really, really solid team. I think the Lakers are 0-3 or 4 against them. I was going to say they are the perfect recipe to destroy the Lakers. Like the they creaky old them. Lakers, they, we don't yes. want to run with you, especially for yes. a seven-game playoff series. So let's hope we avoid that. 
I mean, the which might be happening as like a three six matchup. The uh, the biggest microcosm of that matchup is like when Avery Bradley like stole the ball from I don't know Desmond Bain and mm-hmm. like runs as fast as he can down the court to get a layup, and John Morant proceeds to jump over him and <laughs> grab the ball with two hands. Order a hot dog before he even jumps. Yes. Like pays the and credit card bill with the ball. And yeah. You're like. Uh, wow. Okay. Crap. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I played middle school basketball in a Jewish basketball team mm-hmm. before. I know what it's like to just know you're completely outmanned athletically. Mm-hmm. But that was Avery Bradley. He's a professional athlete. And John Morant said, no, not nope, today. Not you're today. Man. <laughs> no, I'm very fast. <laughs> and I, he jumped so high, he hit his head on the backboard. Yeah, that one, that was probably the block of the decade. Like there's yeah. been like, we've seen the volleyball block where it's like into the fifth row and we love the volleyball block. But that was a full consumption of the ball. Like he swallowed it. Yeah. He swallowed it. Are there any basketball players who you think might be next year's Devin Booker? I was wrong about you not being uh, a winner award. Ooh, a guy that's struggling, right? Maybe De'Aaron Fox is a guy doing who's, really well, but mm-hmm. like not leading to wins. Mm-hmm. I would have said Darius Garland, but he's right up there with John Moran. Now. He's a winner. He's a, team. He's he's a, a winner. winner. Yeah. It's too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Bradley, Cole Anthony. Is Bradley Beal too old? Yeah, he might be too old. He's on his way out. He's still a great shooter, but yeah, I don't see him. I like De'Aaron Fox. Learning how. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox is pretty solid. Did you see the trade that was out there uh, that the Kings would be open to trading De'Aaron Fox for DeMontis Sabonis? Yeah, sure. I mean, sure. those are. I have both of those teams under, so I'm sort of rooting for that deal to backfire <laughs> against. Sure. Like, usually it's a team dumping an asset and mm-hmm. a team giving up draft picks, like mm-hmm. a win-now team versus mm-hmm. a win-later team. Those are like two teams that are sort of should be dumping their assets for picks later, yeah. but they're both getting kind of an all-star, so I'm not really sure what the point of that trade is. Both of those franchises kind of fall in a shrug territory for NBA fans. You yeah. know, there's just like they're, no narrative currently exciting about either of them. So they're both like, oh, shrug franchises. Cool. Okay. And I took I took Pacers under last because I'm like, I get, I don't know anything about this team. Maybe an injury will happen. But like they've struggled mightily mm-hmm. and they seem like a solid team. Like Sabonis is solid and Brogdon is there and Karis LeVert is there. And, mm-hmm. you know, they have good players. They're not like Orlando or Oklahoma City or Houston, but for whatever reason. And Rick Car- Carlisle is there. Right. They're not shrug. Winning. Shrug. 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 Lakers play the Pacers tonight, so maybe I'll eat my words soon. There you go. Let's get an award from you. Shortest player. Oh, my God. Shortest player. This This person did nothing but not grow (laughs) to win this award. This used to be like every... I used to love heights. Like, I don't know if you... This is amazing. Was was this like you growing up? You're like, you know Muggsy Bogues is 5'3". Yes. You know Spud Webb is 5'7". Earl Boykins is 5'5". 6'6 was the best height. The goat height is 6'6". Six, six. Manute Bowl is 7'7". Seven, seven. Heights used to mean something. This is so fascinating. Is It's not Campazzo, correct? It is Campazzo. No way! <laughs> yeah, way to nail it. I, think I was going to ask if you know. Let's see. Yeah. Is So if he's the shortest, there may be a five in front. Is there there's a five a, there's in front? There's got to be five. Of course okay. there's a five. Okay, yeah. so there's a five in front. What is too low? Before I guess, what is too low? Five five is too low. Too low. Five seven. I feel like we've had a couple five sevens, but still probably too low. I'm going to go with. Ooh, okay. So either five nine or five ten. That's correct. Is his yeah. trainer generous, and they want him to just like not be a single <laughs> digit because that's a thing. I'm going to say he's going to go five ten. Five nine, five nine. Final answer. It's five ten, dude. Every time we play one of these games, <laughs> I, I talk myself say, into I, the logic. 
Isaiah Thomas is 5'9", but I think not currently in the NBA. He yeah. is the shortest player we know about. He did play this year with multiple teams. And by the time uh, this podcast comes out, he will have played for three more teams. Yes, exactly. So there's a world where Isaiah Thomas... But I feel like when you're the on the short end, like Campos was probably 5'6", six, five, seven. Exactly. Like, yeah, 5'10". Exactly. Isaiah Thomas is not 5'9". I see, I see him standing next to people. He looks like he's 5'5". Five five. I listened to former NFL football player uh, Chris Long's podcast, the Greenlight podcast. Great podcast. Nice. <laughs> and he talks about um, all different ways that he's cheated in his professional career at times. And he said that during his combine, when they were doing the vertical jump where you jump and tap all of those sticks that spin, yeah, yeah. he put tissue paper in the tops of his gloves so he would oh. get an extra half inch or inch. So it made it seem like his vertical was that much higher. Love that. I didn't know you get to wear gloves. That seems like pretty obvious. You can't wear it. Like, like why even let him wear gloves? That's like... Maybe for the one. Yeah, I think it's for the cheaters. I think it's just like they give a little room for the. He also said that he would put two and a half or five pound plates in his pockets when he would weigh in when they wanted it to see if he gained weight. Wow. So I don't know if Campazzo put tissue paper in his shoes or something to get to 510, but. uh, It's in play. I mean, he's a sneaky, he's a sneaky player and a great passer. He's coy. He's coy. Shortest. I think, I think the height thing got kind of messed up because there's no real super shorties anymore. And also like. The height, like they stopped measuring with shoes or they started measuring with shoes and everybody's height sort of got jumbled. So It's true, though. The novelty of shorties is gone in the NBA. Give me a five foot four inch like dude. Like, where are these people anymore? Well, they're getting replaced by the casual 6'11s. Yeah. The 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 6'11 point guards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's hard to be five foot five when everybody's trotting out a roster of shortest person is six foot eight. <laughs> Does that mean that uh, Campazzo is the best player in the NBA? If he's the shortest and he's in yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Pound for pound, inch for inch, he must be the best because he overcame the most right. height wise. Yes. Yeah. And now yes. he's being talked about on a basketball podcast. So he's making waves. <laughs> yes. And he looks short. He's not like a deceptive five ten. He's a, he's a small little stout dude. Shortest. Great, great award. Shortest player. Shout out to Faku. Um, coming off of the word shortest, here's the longest award name in award name history. I think you are playing well this season, but you play in Orlando, so I guess we'll never know award. Any mm. guesses? I mentioned Cole Anthony earlier. He's pretty balling. Uh, I think you're playing well. Yeah. yeah, just well. Franz Wagner? Close. Jalen Suggs. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's been out for a while, I think. Okay. Okay. I think that's what it is. Because he, Evan he Mobley came back from an injury. There's all these rookies that are like making waves. And then usually like the fourth one is, and Jalen Suggs in Orlando's having a nice little season. And it's like, yep. I wouldn't know. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I yeah. think he missed like 20 games. But yeah, I think he's pretty solid. Kind of like Cade Cunningham, like started slow. Mm-hmm. People forgot about him. So like by the time he is playing well, people are like, oh, sure. I mean, I guess I'm not watching a Detroit game. But. That's it. So in Detroit, in Orlando, do you have to be like better than a superstar to be a superstar? Do you have to overcome the market? Or is it the opposite where it's like, yeah, Jeremy Grant is dominating, but he's on Detroit. So like, I mean, someone's going to get 30 points per game playing for the Detroit Pistons. It just right. happens to be, yeah, Jeremy Grant. So you really can't win in playing in certain markets like that that are just like a little cursed. Yeah, like SGA is awesome. But means nothing, though. City. Yeah. But it means nothing. <laughs> it's nothing, yeah. Right. But I think there's some value to be had. Like, smart teams are, like, looking at, like, who's sure who's doing, like, Kenrick Williams for Oklahoma right. City. Like, nobody's watching. Like, that would be, like, a really good fifth best player on a championship team. Right. And, and we can market him. good deals. Yes, exactly. He's right. got a mullet. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So that's that award. Uh, Jalen Suggs, congratulations. I think you're playing well, but you play in Orlando, so I guess we'll never know. 
I have a very similar award, but for coaches. Okay. Uh, the weight, is he actually good? Coach of the year, excellence in coaching by somebody who we thought was bad. Mm. Mm. We thought was bad means that he has coached in the league before. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is a bad signing. It's like, wait a it's, minute. It's not Puke Walton. It, he got canned. Good? Yeah, Puke got canned. All right. Final answer, Bernie Bickerstaff. That's a good guess. But it's Jason Kidd. Yeah, what's going on? So Jason Kidd coached the Nets, mm-hmm. and then he left, and they got good. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a timeout, so he spilled the soda on the court. Yep, yep. He coached the Bucks. Somehow didn't do much. Don't he remember left. that. Yep. They, they got great. Mm-hmm. The Lakers brought him in to be an assistant. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's going to happen. He's going to replace Frank mm-hmm. Vogel. He's a guy that LeBron likes, and he did pretty good. You know, they won a championship with him as an assistant, and then Dallas plucked him out of there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're replacing Rick Carlisle, because, you know, everyone considers one of the best coaches, with Jason Kidd, and I assumed it would be a flop, and it started off not so hot, but since recently, they have, like, one of the best defenses in the NBA, and they're 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. And Jason Kidd Are they really 9-1? This, yeah. this has all happened? This is all currently happening. I apologize for hosting a basketball podcast that I couldn't tell you the past 10 games, any sort of narrative of 10 games. Damn. It's hard. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I have biggest disappearing act award this season and I have Luka Doncic. That was fair and that is valid. And for whatever reason, in the last like two to three weeks, they've turned it on. But Mm -hmm. because they're still like the sixth, seventh, eighth seed, they've kind of gone under the radar. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's the kind of guy that plays his way into shape. So if you pay attention for the first few weeks, you don't see much from Luka, and then you sort of tune it out. You're like, oh, I didn't realize the Mavericks are 9-1 and one in their last 10, and Luka's averaging 25-8-8 eight and eight or whatever it usually right. is. Yeah, I heard, him, I heard his body type described as a construction worker, and I think that's apt. <laughs> Do you like the jawing that he's been doing? He's been like uh, kind of in people's faces doing like the fake crying thing, the who the fuck are you thing. The fake crying thing was a, an L, like no doubt. That one did not oh, work. I do, like I do like him, a, I do like him barking back, but the thing is like he's not, this sounds shitty, but he doesn't look cool when he's doing it somehow. Some guys can look really cool or tough. He's not intimidating. No, yeah. He's kind of a pretty boy. He's got a pretty boy haircut. Right. He's incredibly pale. <laughs> that does not help. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not like jacked he's just sort of a he, construction worker right kind of like Jokic. i mean it's, i guess it's that whole region of the world that just right. breeds like soft but really good basketball players yeah <laughs> so he snapped at franz wagner after yeah, after jalen Suggs Our, scored on him it might have been mo wagner but yeah it was one of the wagner bros okay okay and so, he's like who the fuck are you who the fuck are you he gets a technical he does the fake crying thing uh-huh uh-huh yeah. yeah, not cool. It just didn't register. It's like, that's cool. That's cool. That's exciting for some reason. That was a no from you, dog. That was a no from me, dog. So actually, here's the last like 11 games for the the Mavericks. They beat the Kings by like 20. They beat the Thunder by 10. They beat the Nuggets by 15. They beat the Warriors by 17. They beat the Rockets by 15. They beat the Bulls by 15. Like these are solid yeah. wins. And you know who they lost to? Your Los Angeles Lakers? The your New York Knicks they lost by twenty three at the Garden. Oh, that's right. Yeah, KP can't beat the Knicks. That's kind of like this Babe Ruth curse. And then they just 
they continue on. That wasn't the end of it. They then beat the Grizzlies by 25. The These are huge so. wins. They haven't yes, had, they haven't played teams. in a close game. These are all like right. 15 to 25 point wins or losses. Against good team. They beat the Warriors, the, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies. They just can't beat the Knicks. But yeah, I mean, you, Dallas is kind of good again. You do not want to run into the buzzsaw that is the 22 and 22 <laughs> New York Knicks. <laughs> the Knicks just win games you want, think they, they would lose and vice versa. Like lose to Orlando at home twice. Yes. It, it makes no sense. Destroy your expectations, Knicks fans, always. Every season, game one, whatever your expectations are, just destroy them now. <laughs> I have to stop picking them in my over-under. I have way too much. Like last year, I had them under. They were doing great. This year, I have them over. They're not doing well. I just, why am I getting involved in the Knicks all of a sudden? I think it's, because it's your much. orbit of friends are Knicks fans. And since you're I like, talk, you talk about them and you have to like talk shit about them so frequently that like when that night comes, we're all so excited <laughs> that we just want to talk about the things we always talk about. And so you're burdened with that. That's right. Yeah. And I, yeah. And regardless of where I choose, if it's over, if it's under, the opposite usually happens. That's right. That's gambling. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Uh... Here's a one that this guy already won your award for Devin Booker player that I am always apologizing for because I, he actually turned out better than I thought or something like that. That was verbatim. Perfect. Uh, the most slash least valuable player um, goes to John Morant. Most because, you know, wow, they're doing great. What do you mean least? Player. Oh, I know what you mean by least. When he their went record, down, the team went up. The record without jaw. 11 and 2. Would 11 you, and 2. Would you, would you go on record as saying they'd have a better record this season if he wasn't on the roster? <laughs> I would not. You would not? I would not go on record. Okay. But I will say that the Grizzlies are so much more than John Morant, it mm-hmm. seems. Mm-hmm. Like, he goes down, and he's definitely their worst defender because, you know, he's so good at offense that he's mm-hmm. sort of conserving his energy and he's very light. Mm-hmm. That's why he's able to literally float through mm-hmm. the air. He jumps up, then mm-hmm. decides what to do. Sometimes it's spinning around. Sometimes it's grabbing the ball with two hands. Sometimes it's jumping over people. He jumps and then he's got time to decide. Yes, right. exactly. Right. Uh, so he's not necessarily the best on D, and I guess maybe that affected them. But yeah, 11-2 and two without your best player. Hmm. Kind of a weird thing. And that's why I have him as the least valuable player as well. I would say that his closest veteran comp right now is Dame Lillard for a few reasons. Um, 
I, and I think the most important reason that I even bring it up is that he seems overwhelmingly beloved amongst his peers. Like he has a certain street cred that he's yeah. already had, which is really fun. The difference is in the game, Dame Lillard is going to be out for like six weeks and his team will be worse. Yeah. His team is going to be worse <laughs> now for six weeks. Yeah. And the Grizz yes. somehow persevered. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like Desmond Bain out of nowhere. Jaron Jackson Jr. playing really well. Um, I'm happy for Steven Adams. Steven Adams Steven always Adams. just gets stuck on those like 30 win teams. Yes. You know, like fine, but not like good for Steven Adams. And he picked up a guy. And I think you saw it. A guy he who like up a, a fully grown man. Gafford, I think it was. Maybe Daniel Gafford on the Bulls or someone. Yeah, Six, yeah, eight. Yeah. He just picked him up and said, not today. <laughs> not today. He's a, I mean, shout out to Steven Adams for also not changing his game at all. Like, mm-hmm. as everybody's practiced, like Dwight Howard is shooting threes now. Steven Adams is like, I will not shoot ever. Like, <laughs> I don't do that. Four feet. Yes, I'm not. Trust me. I can't. I won't. And I'm not interested in it. Yes, yes. I don't will, expect me to. I will screen really well and I'll like get rebounds right. and be big and be silly and, you know, be have a nice dry sense of humor. But mm-hmm. that's, that's all he's doing. All no he's one expects do. the Hulk to fly. You know, the yep. Hulk has a very specific <laughs> skill set. You need me to knock down a building? I got you. That's what yep. we expect out of Steven Adams on the court. Yeah. And and I, again, they have like this group of people that, you know, like Kyle Anderson, slow-mo. Like you watch him play and you're like, how is this guy so right? <laughs> He's moving slow and his shot looks so broken. And mm-hmm. like, do these, these go in a lot? Like mm-hmm. I can't quite imagine it. Mm-hmm. Like, their releases are so... Jaron Jackson Jr. has a very weird release. Yes. Kyle Anderson has a weird release. John Moran has a weird release. But for whatever reason, it works. Yeah, they win. Um, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to pivot real quick. I'm going to go to the not... So this isn't the worst case scenario. I think the worst okay. case scenario award would probably go to the Lakers and Blazers right now. Expectations that were high have lost key players all season, and now there's a lot of question marks around the franchises. We're not going to do that. Yeah, This is going to be the not great case scenario. So it's okay. not... Okay, so we're not... It's not a... We're not totally nervous, but it's not great. These two teams, who would you guess? They're both in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, Milwaukee Think, and Brooklyn. Mm. Brooklyn is one of them. Yeah. Brooklyn is one of them. I didn't have Milwaukee. Not great. I think Milwaukee looks fine to me. Yeah, they, they look fine. They're not like world beaters for whatever reason. They they are losing recently. With yes, that's play. true. That's true. It's kind of weird. Yes. I had the uh, Nets and the Hawks. The Hawks yeah, coming the off Hawks, of that Eastern Conference run last year. Yeah, they should be better. Right. They should definitely be better. And instead, they, I don't know, they, they've regressed and then also traded Cam Reddish for... Kevin Knox? Yeah, that was was that trade about. I have no answers for that, but thank you. That's fine. (laughs) I think it's probably good for both of those guys, probably better for the Knicks, ultimately, based on what I've seen. But it felt like the Hawks were Phoenix West, where Phoenix just went to the finals last year, and you're like, oh, word, these new franchises are about to like be legit. And Phoenix has since proven, yes, we absolutely are. And Atlanta's record shows that they're not. You know? And Atlanta's younger, they should be getting better with age. Yeah. Is older, they should be getting worse. And they didn't lose a key player per se. Like everyone who kind of brought them to the Eastern Conference Finals is still there. Trey Young is seemingly playing better. I mean, maybe Huerta didn't take the jump that we were hoping for. <laughs> maybe. But yeah, they they should be a lot. I think they're 500-ish right now, aren't they? Uh, the record. They are maybe even below 500. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the bottom um, half of the East is just kind of like everyone from 6 to 14. It's just like, all right, they're, they're just a whole new case of shrug. Wow, Atlanta's 18 and 25. Yeah. 500. Yeah, weird, right? And Trey Young is great. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. So that's the not great case scenario award. I'll just tell you who I have for best case scenario. Everything went right for these two franchises. They are far exceeding our expectations. We've talked about them before. Do you want to make a guess? One from the it's east. It's got to be the Grizz and the Cavs. And I you're mean, right. The Cavs and Memphis. Making a huge leap. Yeah. Just absolutely exceeding expectations. And they're fun. They're good. And mm-hmm. like they they were both like two of the worst teams in the NBA three years ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And to it like how did they figure out rebuilding so quickly? And there are like some teams like the Sacramento Kings that have been mediocre for 15 seasons. Exactly. Like what, what changed? I mean, like I know Evan Mobley changed for the Cavs and like they're humongous now between him and Jared Allen. Like they're just gigantic on the low block, but still like 27 wins through 34, like or through 44. It's insane. So like, like Orlando magic fans like, wait, why would, why don't, why can't we do that? We'll (laughs) pick fourth and they get Jalen Suggs and then Cleveland picks fourth and gets Darius Garland and then Mm -hmm. trades for Jared Allen and Mm -hmm. they get Evan Mobley and they're just like, they're doing great. The answer is to the Orlando magic, two words, Bernie Bickerstaff. That's what it is. Gotta get you, you gotta get yourself a Bickerstaff, (laughs) get yourself a Bernie that could do both. That's really good. Are you a Bernie bro? Yeah, I'm a Bernie bro. Bro. (laughs) There you go, go, bro. Bro. Uh, Okay. Here's um, one of my final awards. I only got a few left. Mm -hmm. Um, Best 36-year-old. Fuck you with with this. Best This is amazing. Absolutely amazing. (laughs) You specific weirdo. Uh, My Um, bachelor party, Amir, before we get into this one. uh, Yeah. You played a game. It was like 1 a.m. We were all like started started drifting away. We were starting to all fall asleep, but no one wanted to go to bed. So we were all just laying around half drunk in the living room. You were probably dead sober. And you said, I want to yep. play a game. <laughs> That's right. What was the name of the game, Amir? I think it's Who's 58. Who is 58? And yeah. it's great because the rules of the game are in the title. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the title is the rule. The Who game is... is the rules of the game. And we spent a good, and this is like 15 men, mind you, all fully focused on trying to win this game. We spent a good 45 minutes cackling, ca- literally <laughs> laughing. I was laughing my guts out trying to guess one person on earth yeah. who is 58 and it took us 45 just, minutes yeah <laughs> just and like it's odd because like whatever number you put like five people will guess 57 and 59 and it like, is for whatever infinitely reason, easier won't give it to you yes yeah. it's infinitely easier to get close this is a game of horseshoes <laughs> playing who is 58 i believe we landed on at like four in the morning julia louis dreyfus <laughs> right and the good thing is like after a few years the whole the game has changed because now she's like 61 at this point. Exactly. If you played a year ago and you got a 57-year-old, now play with friends and you're going to have all the cheat codes. So here's I, your 36-year-olds. There you go. Taj. Mm-hmm. My man. Right off the bat. Team Taj. PJ Tucker. Mm-hmm. Champion. Paul Millsap and LaMarcus Aldridge, who are, I think are playing for the Nets, but maybe not playing for the Nets. They're both partially retired. Yes. They're both like when in the off season they're like the Nets are gonna fucking dominate. They got Millsap and I know, I and then know. the season starts and you're like, Are these players still in the end is Blake Griffin playing That's anymore? Or are we just This is no, exactly this is all the guys the Lakers side too. <laughs> yes. Well, two more Lakers. Trevor Reese and Dwight Howard. Okay, best thirty six year old. I it's there's one more. Oh. The winner according to me. Mm. Yeah. One of the best players in the NBA is, just happens to also be 36. And it, it really puts it in perspective when I tell you Paul Millsap and LaMarcus Aldridge are Can this I guess? guy's age. Can I sure. guess? Is he a point guard? Yes. In the Western Conference? Yes. Does he play for Phoenix Suns? Yes, he does. Is his name 36-year-old Chris Paul? <laughs> That's correct. Damn. Nice. You nailed it. Damn. 
Chris Paul, who's like still like first team All NBA consideration, mm-hmm. the same age as like Trevor Ariza, who's been like you know kind of in and out of the NBA, mm-hmm. can't quite get his footing going. My question um, to you: Which yeah. position do you think is hardest to age gracefully? Uh, probably. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, (laughs) the three Ray Allen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with threes, like the, the shooting never goes away. It's just hard. Like for a Trevor Reese to like stay in front of that's right. A fucking John Moran. You have to chase the other guys. Three. Right. Yeah. And that's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Centers used to be easy because they just used to jog to the post and play big man. But now like centers can't even do that. Yeah. Uh, Point guard is really, really hard because you have to have the ball and defend a point guard. So, like, that's one of the hardest positions. Stay in front of the ball on D. I mean, guys like John Morant will run past you if you're too slow. Yeah, And Chris Paul has defied it. He has defied it. He Generations of different types of point guards have come. Did he play against Allen Iverson? He must have, yeah. Damn. Because Chris Paul was drafted in 03, and Iverson didn't retire until, like, 07. Damn. LeBron gets a lot of shine for his age, but that's pretty impressive by Chris Paul. Yeah. I mean, LeBron is, I think, 37 or 38 now and, you know, tall and also jumping over people like still freakishly athletic. Chris Paul, like he's not dunking over anyone, but he's still like he's so bright and Mm -hmm. stout with the basketball. Like we've said it before on this podcast, fourth quarter, Chris Paul is just a menace because he's going to charge hard to the paint, plant his pivot foot, turn around (laughs) and hit an eight foot jumper. And it's not going to touch anything but net. Yes. It's going to sizzle the net every time. And it's like, that's expertise. That's where physical yeah. and expertise come together. Exactly. He's like, I've been doing this for 20 straight years. It works. And I'm not going to miss a 14-footer that's ever right. again. That's right. <laughs> Best 36-year-old. So congratulations to Chris Paul and Julia Louis-Dreyfus for being the yes. answer to today's yes. question. Yes. yes. Uh, all right. Got a few left? I got, a few, I got a few left. Um, this is the hardest first half to replicate award. So a team Ooh. that had... Um, a great or terrible first half, and it's going to be hard <laughs> to do it again. Who would you guess? Uh, and it's not Cleveland or Memphis or something? No, it is not. Yeah. It's a team we haven't really talked about on this podcast today, or the, player, or the players on it. Is it good or bad that you're It is good. This team okay. uh, did so well in the first half, I don't expect them to have the same oh, results. Oh, I bet I know who it is. Okay. The Chicago Bulls. Correct, Mundo. They're great. Did they... Exceed expectations? <laughs> Did they reach the max? Can they be better than we saw in the first half? I think they, yeah, I think you're right in saying they peaked a little bit too early. Like Or like we saw their In ceiling. November and December, yeah. Like, holy shit, DeMar DeRozan was unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Caruso and Lonzo on D, like firing on all cylinders, it running over teams. Like, it didn't have the, their first half didn't feel like they were playing against lesser teams per se, but like smarter teams might either rest players or not go 105% in like the first 40 games of the season. Yeah. And the, the Bulls gameplay was so fast out the gate that it could have shocked teams that were like, not today. You could take yeah. this one kind of energy. Right. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but that is a narrative that could be out there. I don't see them finishing the East in first. No. Uh, probably not. And I think they'll, they are starting to fade a little bit, but like, yeah, they're, they're number one in the East. That's, I doubt they're going to stay above Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Right. Who else is up there? Miami. Right. Miami uh, is, so this is actually a good segue into biggest surprise number two seed award. So both two <laughs> seeds are surprising. I would say, which team do you think is the most surprising of the two? Is Miami a two seed? They are a two seed dog. Wow. Isn't that and weird? Golden State, uh, Golden State in the West. Yeah. yeah. Which one is yeah. least expected? 
given where probably we are. Miami because mm-hmm. like Golden State you could see a path with like mm-hmm. Steph plus Draymond plus Clay coming back even though the West was quote stacked before the yeah, season yeah. started yeah, yeah right yeah right I mean I I didn't get I didn't think they'd be this good but it, it's not the most surprising the fact that like Miami is still really really dominating and they've had injuries all year as well that's well that's the thing team. this that to me this illuminates so much of like just how the media picks a team to report on because like golden state has been everywhere from the 3000 three-pointer from steph curry to yeah. the golden state warriors just like completely exceeding expectations clay comes back then there's yeah. all of that sort of revelry they've been winning they've been good all year and meanwhile quietly i had no idea when i looked at the record today i was like Oh, like the Heat are been really good, and Bam comes back like today. Yes, so, Bam has been out for like two months. Yeah, so I don't know if this is more an indictment on I haven't been paying attention, or if this is just a surprise two seed. But I gave the Heat the the most surprising surprise two seed so yes. far this season. I mean, there's just so many things happening between like COVID and mm-hmm. teams playing well. Like some team is going to go under the radar. I think I think I've said this before. Like I haven't heard one thing about the Clippers this year. Mm. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could have told me the Clippers have played four games this year. Like, yeah. I, I guess that makes sense. I don't remember. Do you remember? What's a single Clippers thing? Hmm. What is that, a like, single Clippers thing? Is hurt? I remember Trey Mann had a really cool dunk at one point this year, but it might not have been for the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Terrence Mann has been playing well. Oh, I, Terrence I just, Mann. So I didn't even yeah. get his name right. Yeah. So wrong wrong guy, wrong team was my, my biggest memory from the Clippers. Yes, I can't ever think of a th- single Clippers game moment dunk. I thing. think I saw somewhere that Paul George is like out for four to six right now, which has been this like phantom time frame for a couple players. Like first yeah. Lillard, then Durant in Brooklyn, now Paul George. It's like, all right. Player, is this like the punting period on the season or it's gotta be it's like what don't like with the clippers like Kawhi's not playing so it's like okay paul george can sort of tough through an injury and mm-hmm. win go 500 or we can go you know win three out of every 10 games and get a another draft pick you're a genie and you got, fly into steve Ballmer's house all right so you a leave genie your bus or a genie like aladdin no okay sorry not a genie bus a genie uh, like aladdin you fly out of okay. your lap you go into uh-huh. steve Ballmer's house yeah. and you say you're gonna get all the same revenue you would if you played 82 games i'm going to grant you this wish if you want it your season can end today and you'll have 37 wins would you steve Ballmer, be like you know what rest my players i don't care all the money is the same 37 <laughs> is fine this year i think Yes, and that's sort of what they're doing. Mm. Like, they're just like, let's give our young players reps. We'll win some games. that will be exciting. We'll lose some games, and that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Kawhi's not coming back anytime soon. Paul George is hurt. So that they're energy of you play game. to win the game, because he does feel like he loves the excitement of winning the game. But is he a businessman yeah. above all? And he's like, why not just invest in the future and punt? I think a popular thing that's happening right now is like what the warriors did that one year where it's like not a rebuilding era but mm-hmm. like a retooling mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. let's all relax for a season yes steph you don't play draymond you don't play your back hurts your knee hurts the Kawhi injury was a gift yes. this is act that that actually would lead to bigger progress for the clippers yes. long term exactly. than him grinding through another 49 win season exactly okay like, oh your wrist hurts Fine, that'll give your ankles time to heal. We'll get the seventh draft pick. We can pair that and ship it off, or mm-hmm. we can 
do like the Warriors did, like draft Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, and have mm-hmm. like all these young players for the future. I will say it's always felt like once you got AD that even though they had Kawhi and Paul George, LeBron and AD were just like a class above. Just like it just felt that way. Going into next season will be the first time where it will be a real question mark as to whose talent is the most supreme in Los Angeles. Yeah. And it might be neither. Like, it might be, like, by that time, like, the Warriors. Everyone's old. And Phoenix. Oh, God. Yeah, we're all good 27-year-olds. That's a bummer. Once everyone's healthy, (laughs) they're 70. Damn it. I mean, this is LeBron's fourth season as a Laker. It's true. Time really flies. I feel like we just got him a year or two ago. And he has two more years on his contract? Yeah, I think he signed, like, a three-year extension after year three or something like Uh that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You got any more Uh, awards? He still looks great. Uh, My last award. Okay. Iron Man, dot, 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 but why? Mm. <laughs> so this guy's been in the league for a few years past. He should Has be. Has not missed a game this year. Okay. So he played. <laughs> has has he played in, in games or just been on the roster for every game? He's played a lot. So not Udonis Haslam. And he's not gotten COVID. And he's not gotten injured. The and way you like, say he's not gotten COVID <laughs> makes it seem like this guy should have just got it and not whoever kevin durant a fifth time yes exactly. okay just take a chill pill dude why are you playing literally every game okay so it's not campazo no it's not campazo why are you playing every game dude i'll give you a hint it's I, the only laker that hasn't missed a game this year okay okay it's not dwight howard no okay why is this guy playing dwight every game Yes, every it's, single game. It's not Avery Bradley. Nope. Oh, is it a center? <laughs> it's not a center. So it's not even DeAndre Jordan. No, he's missed some games too. Who is playing every single game? We know you love Stanley Johnson, so it wouldn't be Stanley love Johnson. Love Stanley. Stan was the man last game. So yeah. who is so mediocre that I can't even think about him yeah. at all? I don't know. It's Russell Westbrook. Well, well, well. That was as obvious as it comes. <laughs> no twist. Zero no twist, twist, folks. The only twist is like, let's see if the Lakers are better without him, and he won't give them the opportunity to like even test that theory out. Like, are he you out for an hour? Are you out? That's true. That's the most annoying <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> He's like, oh, yes, COVID. Okay, let's see if the Lakers... When that coworker no, I actually, you fine. hate... I tested out of it. I'm in. Let's go. That coworker you hate can't fine. go on the, like, the work trip. <laughs> and you're like, yes. <laughs> and then they're on the bus first. You're like, how? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you starting and ending literally? Like, we need to see some non-Russ Laker minutes. Are and you, Russ is are you, not, so are you no longer optimistic? Are you like, this is an... Ab- like, how, how, how out are you on Russell Westbrook right now? Because this is the most out I've ever heard you. I'm out. You're out. I'm out. Say it again clean so that all the audience, I'm going to stop talking now, can hear you say I'm out on Russell Westbrook. I think the Lakers are better when he's not playing. Thank you. (laughs) That being said. Yes. There is a world where we use him as an off-the-bench player. Dude, as this insanity kind of is guy. doing the same thing and expecting different <laughs> results. We've been saying that as the day we you signed him, and I almost said yeah. we signed him, the day that the Lakers signed him, <laughs> yeah. it was like every single how we can use him, but it was always known he's always going to be a starter because he's an all-pro player, and that's just is what it is. But we, we right. kept saying, maybe put him as the six. We're halfway through the season. Everything yeah. we were afraid was going to happen has happened. And here you are saying there might be a world if in which he if just we agrees, if Vogel allows, if he has enough power, Vogel's not even going to be his coach in two games. No, he's not. Maybe the next guy will be able to 
tell him to sit down. I don't know. Like, sometimes he takes extended rests and the Lakers go on a run. Like, against Utah, mm. uh, he played, like, the first six minutes of the third. We looked lifeless because, you know, Russ doesn't just turn the ball over. He also misses layups and dunks. <laughs> yeah. And that's basically a turnover. Yeah. Like, it's five on four going the other way, and Russ is either complaining or, like, on the ground because he fell down and he thinks he got fouled. Yeah. And that's a turnover. Yeah. Or he hits the corner of the backboard on a corner three, and there you go racing out. Or he shoots a top of the key three, and he misses that, and he's still posing, and the team goes the other way. So, so if like, you're Russell— oh, In addition to the turnovers, he's getting the missed shots. He's not playing defense very well. And he's not, he's not even doing, like, the dunking, laying up thing. So so imagine a genie. He's not bringing anything. Imagine out. a genie goes out of Plus? its bottle. Nope, nope, yeah. not, uh, just like an Aladdin genie. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> goes out of its bottle, and it goes into yeah. Russell Westbrook's house. Yes. And he says, Russ, I want to make you the best fit for this Lakers team right now. Will you yeah. let me grant you that wish? And if Russ said yes, what does Russell Westbrook play like in whatever game comes next? According to Westbrook, he plays 42 minutes. Oh, no. It has the ball. and <laughs> The genie is just like, you yes. did not understand the assignment <laughs> at all. Well, he's still like, he's, I almost am in awe and I, I'm so inspired by his confidence. Like, he'll go like one of 11 and then the next game, like, shoot like five threes. Confidence like, wow, goes one of two ways. And that's yes. ultimately the problem with confidence. You need confidence right. in moderation. You need to pull the confidence card at times. But if you're yes. always confident, you're not just going to fail at times, you're going to fail spectacularly. And that so, is kind of his issue. If I, if the, the genie went to Frank Vogel and said, what do you think the best use of Russell Westbrook? Genie is? bus? Yes, Chibas. <laughs> Finally, the owner of the Lakers <laughs> has the audacity to tell the coach what to do. Um, he, I think you bring him in when LeBron is resting, like not to play with LeBron, mm -hmm. uh, and surround him with defenders. So, like, so don't change Russ. your game, just change when you do it within the confines of the game. Exactly. Play Russell Westbrook the first six minutes of the second quarter okay. against the team's slower, worst mm -hmm. point guards. Right. And then the first, like last six minutes of the third so if, like to give us some spark off the bench and then he has 12 minutes a game and that's that if the best version of russell westbrook is when he's angry him coming in at the six minute mark in the first quarter he's going to be so pissed that he yeah. didn't just play those first <laughs> he's gonna dunk from the half court line he's going great. to right right and that's what happens like once every five games like he'll do that dunk over rudy gobert and it's like you know what love Russ the guy yeah this is Look that's this what you guy. paid for it those, He's a dog. He's right. absolutely a dog. Does he miss like, game-winning layups where LeBron James is open in the corner? Yes, but he dunks on Gobert in meaningless garbage time. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. Does he just double-team a player who doesn't need to be double-teamed, leaving his guy open in the corner? Of course. Yes, that's what he does. We pay. That's yes. why we pay him $47 million, a million it's a week. full Russ, Russell Westbrook experience, yeah, baby. That's what you signed up for. Yeah, well, I didn't sign up for it. And I would feel bad for LeBron, but, like, it seems like this was his idea, so that's, like, the one silver lining I have. Like, when LeBron is hanging his hat, he's not mad at the Lakers. I think he's just sort of sad that he kind of messed up in terms mm. of uh, the trade that he helped orchestrate. Didn't yeah, yeah, that, that's tough. If he's coming to grips with that fact that I really screwed this up from a GM standpoint, then that's, like, a heavyweight. And also, if I'm Russ, I'm like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would love to like know what like LeBron and AD say in private about Westbrook. Are they like, don't worry, he'll like turn it on, we'll figure it out? Or are they like, what did we do? Damn it. Holy shit. You know what else I would like to hear is what AD and Russ say about LeBron. Ooh. That might actually be a much juicier <laughs> conversation. That old man's lost it. That old man's yeah. lost his mind. 
He's only averaging 29, 9, and 10. He's not doing enough for us right now. Right. Well, I'll say this. Both of our teams, Amir, are 22 and 22 or something like that. Something like that. Might uh, as well be, yeah. Holy average. Holy average season for both of us. If That's you had right. to pick one with a better record, we can wrap on this. Who has the better record at the end of the season? I think the Lakers, because they're getting AD back, mm-hmm. and the Knicks sort of have their best players in right now, or everybody but Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And our best players are like B players. Yeah. Like your best players are still, you know, all-stars. LeBron. Yeah, like super high ceilings. It's like our guys are, we've just been kind of piss poor. Although I wouldn't be surprised if they both ended up like 40 and 42 or something like that. Ooh, ooh. Is there a reality in which the Lakers miss the playoffs? They the can, 10 seed. Oh, <laughs> I don't think the 10 seed, but they could potentially make the play in and lose a game for sure. All right. If they're like playing Minnesota and like, you know, any young athletic team, like right sort of unguardable for us because yes it's true 21 years old and sprinting and we have trevor Ariza trying to stay in front of them we can only jog so if you can run you've got a huge advantage <laughs> that's why we beat utah I'm like this team's not young. right of like, course that's the seniors league right yeah, that's the seniors league of 20 and boyan bogdanovich and like, let's all agree sure. to jog up the court no fast breaks <laughs> no transitions rudy gobert i'm not afraid of rudy gobert that's fine yes it's the team's like fucking oklahoma city yes. and houston yes. and memphis yes like, show me an aau team of 19 year olds that's those are the teams that give us trouble patty mills is unguardable against the lakers oh, yeah unguardable he could he be 40 but Christmas he's quick Day. he's quick and we wanted patty he yeah. chose the nets ruthless did he choose right D- tbd i'm here <laughs> uh anything else that's it that's it those are the awards for the first half of this season of the nba Ooh, I think we learned a lot, and I'm ready for the second half. There's so many games tonight. I don't know if you saw, there was like 13 or so games happening all tonight. And sadly, neither one of us are going to FanDuel. Yeah, what happened to FanDuel? I don't know. Maybe my spirit was broken. I really don't yeah. know. <laughs> I prefer to blame COVID where I'm like, I don't know who these guys are. Right. But now like most of the players are back, and I'm still just like, I still don't know who these guys are. Yeah, I feel like I made the internal decision to lose uh, that money in crypto as opposed to FanDuel. I see. It's one, yeah. or, one or the other. Like, I'd rather lose like a couple, <laughs> a couple hundred bucks a week doing one or the other. Yeah, and in the crypto world, the games never start or end, so it's not like FanDuel. And that's the worst part. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you so much for listening, Billy. More of you uh, on the No Joke podcast, right? That is correct. At Billy Scafuri on socials. Hell yeah. Tweet at us. Let us know if there's any award. If if you have like an alt for shortest player, I would love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Our emails are open. Yes. Or best 36 year old. Um, hit us with some new awards. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back. I'm sure sh- soon enough. Enjoy the second half of the season, y'all. Ciao. That was a HeadGum original. <laughs> <laughs>